If you've ever been to a hospital or seen a medical drama on TV, you probably know what an IV is. A needle is inserted into a patient's vein to administer a fluid directly into the bloodstream. Simple, right? Well, not always. Sometimes, after the needle is inserted, something called an IV infiltration can happen. This occurs when a vein weakens or the catheter shifts out of the vein and the fluid starts to leak into the surrounding area. This can be incredibly dangerous if it's not detected quickly enough and in extreme cases can require amputation of the limb. Enter postdoctoral research fellow at the Georgia Institute of Technology, Samer Mabruk, who has been working on a project to attach sensors to IVs that can detect an infiltration and alert medical staff to it quickly enough to prevent lasting damage. So, Samer, can you tell us a bit about yourself and your background? So, my name is Sam Mabruk. I'm a postdoc slash research engineer at Georgia Tech. Uh, Originally from Egypt, Cairo, Egypt, uh, born and raised there, moved here 2013 for school, uh, finished up my undergrad here. So I did actually half of my undergrad in Egypt and then I transferred here halfway through. Uh, so I got like two undergrads in some sense. Uh, really what got me into engineering is just, I don't know, just I always like to, to build stuff. Uh, I think just growing up, like just that has been my, 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 my hobby. Uh, it's actually kind of funny whenever I used to pass like test or do well in a test, uh, my gift would be a Lego uh, or like I would, I would pick a Lego. So uh, just did my thing, uh, got into electronics, uh, just, you know, growing up was kind of the, the time where smartphones were coming out uh, and they're just like new model every year, uh, something new happening with them. So that kind of what got me into electronics uh, and games. You said you grew up in Egypt. What was it like coming to Georgia Tech from there? Definitely a huge change, right? Uh, things are absolutely very different here, uh, especially the part where like you leave your... So in Egypt, growing up, uh, everyone who goes to college usually lives with their family. So you have a lot of support like around you. No one kind of lives on their own uh, till they get married. So there was that sort of transition of you're super dependent on yourself, but then also like just switching from my old school to Georgia Tech was in its own a huge lift. Uh, Georgia Tech kind of prides itself in being a, a tough place. So that was definitely a, a big shock. And then there's definitely the culture shock, right? You're just not familiar with the culture and the norms in here. So yeah, first semester was definitely uh, a, a an interesting experience. Uh, at the same time, there was always like, like I was lucky my first semester here, I landed a uh, research position, undergrad research position in, uh, in an aerospace lab here. So we're working on like mini drones. Uh, so that kind of, you know, that was the positive side of things was just, it's, it's, it's what you really like. You have a lot of opportunities here for. Otherwise, like the culture stuff, that takes a little bit of time. Uh, but definitely the, the, the biggest adjustment was just the, the level of intensity and, and engineering. I wouldn't say it, not re the intensity is not the right word. It's more of the opportunities, right? Like over here, we had a lot of like more research options. Uh, so like it was more hands on like day, like day one. I came here, I found an undergrad position. We're working on drones and embedded systems for drones and unmanned aerial vehicles. So that was kind of uh, that, that, that big shift. It wasn't just like all oh, schoolwork, schoolwork, you know, labs and what have you. It was just research and hands-on stuff. And that, that's kind of a, a huge uh, addition to the experience, like the college experience I felt. So while you were in school, you explored a couple of different fields like automotive and software engineering. 
but what was it that eventually drew you more toward bioengineering in the medical field? Found my advisor and also like my co-founder, uh, Dr. Inan, uh, when I was here in undergrad and we were always just checking in with each other. So he does a lot of bioengineering. So we develop sensors and uh, algorithms and signal processing and for, for uh, detecting like physiological changes. Uh, and that was really interesting for me is just, it felt like this sort of application was uh, just very hands-on at the same time, you kind of see the impact. Yeah, I think uh, what really got me into it was kind of, there's the engineering challenge of it. Uh, to me, that was more interesting. Uh, you deal with a different set of problems, but then also the, the impact. Uh, people always look at the uh, medical space as like a slow, kind of progressing, you know, it's heavily regulated. But actually, if you think about it, a lot of the innovations that we see usually trickle down from the medical space, uh, like imaging, image processing, a lot of the computer vision stuff that you see right now kind of trickle down from, from that space, uh, a lot of the statistical learning. So uh, space is actually like very innovative. Uh, it does take a lot of time to see that in the market for sure. Can you give kind of a breakdown of this IV-centered project that you've been working on, how it started, what it really is, and why it's important? Yeah, uh, the project that he really, you know, got me for initially uh, to do my master's on was uh, it's a sensor for IV infiltration detection. Uh, IV therapy is just intravenous fluid being delivered to your bloodstream is usually through a, a polymer catheter that gets inserted into your vein. And then the medication will just go through into your blood uh, stream. Uh, however, in some cases, uh, that, that vein gets a little weak or with some movements, the catheter might dislodge. And then you end up getting a lot of that fluid uh, building up in the in the space. Uh, now there's protocols in place for assessing that situation, kind of how do you ch how do you check for an infiltrate if it's taken place? Usually it's graded on a scale of one to four, depending on the type of fluid, uh, right? You have like chemotherapy or something like this that usually does a lot of damage to the tissue, but then also the volume of the fluid that's been building up in there. An engineering solution to it was kind of oh this is fun. Uh, right now, like the standard of care is to come and check the site. The caregiver or the nurse will come check the IV site for any inflammation or swelling and then compare it to the other side. Uh, back in 2017, when I started my grad school, uh, what was also cool about this idea, it came from the medical staff. So the nurses in children's healthcare, with a collaboration between Jurotech and, and children's, was they asked the nurses, like, hey, what's your number one problem that you want to? get a solution for and they were like IV like infiltrations and there's been a lot of sort of ways to tackle this problem some people focus more on the placement mechanism you have to use ultrasound when placing and then also the catheter and the type of the catheter uh, but then when it comes to sensing the event itself as early as possible there's very little technologies out there and, and they end up having also their own drawbacks so there's a lot of like pros and cons to them and our goal was to develop a better solution. And when we say better, it was focused on all the way, like the whole spectrum from the sensing mechanism itself to how, like how quickly do you sense it? What's your sensitivity? What's your specificity? All the way to the usability, how it flows into their, uh, their, 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 like their flow. How do they place it? What's kind of something that's like, you know, human, uh, air proof so it was kind of this whole spectrum of thing that went to the design 
uh, when I joined in 2017, it was really just like an idea on a, on a napkin. We were just filing for our patent. Uh, we had like few concepts of few sensing modalities that we could try and test our like algorithm for our signals and see what's our sensitivity and what have you. Uh, there's a lot of restrictions on like, oh, this device has to be battery powered. The battery cannot be on the patient. Uh, we have to get IRB approved for our device. It has to conform with a lot of IAC standards. So initially we had like a very, uh, not the best looking prototype, but it was definitely made for function. Uh, it was just like, you have our, we have our electronics and our sensors on our PCB with the battery power. And then we have just few cables and leads that go around the area that interfaces with the site. That was kind of the starting point. Uh, but that gave us a lot of freedom into just, you know, where do we place our sensors? How do we place them and what have you? So that was kind of early on. And then we went through the, fa the, 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 the sort of like the phases where now we're uh, with a much better looking system from that data. Was there any experience in your background that you found particularly helpful while you were working on developing this? The details of the the, 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 like the sensing circuit itself. What really helped me, uh, especially early on, was my embedded background. Uh, so working at Tesla, working at Panasonic, uh, I had a, a solid like embedded uh, background, and that helped a lot with that process. Right, uh, just like ability to spin up boards uh, quickly, write firmware, get solid data that we could verify our sensors are doing their thing. Uh, so that kind of helped. And then like the sensing modality that, that we work with, uh, earlier versions were very like rudimentary, like no digital aspect to it. There's no mixed signal. It was all just like, oh, there's a whole analog front end that's like consuming 200 milliamps and it's doing this quadrature encoding and this and that. And then by the time you get the signal all the way at the end, it's, it's, it's a long process. Uh, but then if you're familiar with a lot of the ASICs out there and if you can mix and match ones and make them work together well to 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 optimize that sensor, uh, that definitely uh, helped. Uh, just the ability to you know just go through these ASICs really quickly, uh, benchtop test them, making sure their performance is delivering what they need. So, what are the latest updates? How far has this project gone thus far? Yeah, so things have been super super advanced in the past uh, couple of years, especially uh, since we started. We had maybe like six different versions of the system uh, till now. Uh, we've tested, uh, we've, we had really good clinical data uh, from about 60 patients. We had about a thousand hour, hour worth of data uh, from IV sites. Uh, so this, the trial that we ran was also a randomized trial. So we just placed the sensors on the, on the area and we're just hoping that few cases uh, of infiltrations take place and then we retrospectively look at the data and we test our algorithms on this data. Uh, so we started from there, we had our data collection, uh, we finalized our algorithm and we have a very good specificity and accuracy of our, of our algorithm. And then we've uh, implemented the algorithm on, on, on our device itself. So it's all running in C uh, real time. So with this, I have the sensor with this little patch and the electronics here, we're able to just stick this on the site and uh, hopefully we'll tell the nursing staff. What would you say is a good quality for engineers to have that'll help set them for success? I think listening for sure, right? Uh, just the ability to, to, to just, you know, 
the, like just take information in and always kind of be skeptic about whatever you like the assumptions you've had uh, going into a problem or just always like, you know, try to poke holes in it. Now, obviously, Samir didn't do all of this developing on his own. His advisor connected him with medical device research and development entrepreneur Tommy Cunningham, whose experience working on the business side of projects that use a bioimpedance technology, which measures fluid flow under the skin and around joints, like this one, has proved very valuable. So, Tommy, can you tell us a little bit about your background, how you came to work on this project, and what your role in it is? So, Tommy Cunningham, uh, I... uh... Um, I'm an engineer by by training, uh, mechanical engineer. Um, I went and did a, a, a PhD in biomechanics and exercise science, um, uh, mainly in orthopedics and sports medicine. Um, working on, uh, learned about how to to help people recover from injury. I was like, all right, you know, how else do you use this technology? Where is it used? And he brought up the IV infiltration project, and so we actually had a lot of overlap in people we've worked with, uh, incubators we had been part of, uh, Global Center for Medical Innovation, um, you know, just had worked with a lot of people. So it was kind of like, all right, you know, I think we can be friends. I think we can understand this. How do you want me to, to help you? So, you know, I said, yeah, I, I think I can kind of take you under my wing. I mean, you know, there's a lot of work to be done, but you know, if we can help, if I can sit down with Samer and develop the technology with him, make a business and a product out of what he's trying to do, um, uh, you know, that's the first, that's a start of a, of a great thing that, that checks my boxes. You've been working alongside Samer for a pretty decent amount of time by now. What is it about him that stands out to you? And so we're kind of in the mail process. You know, I've been working with Samer for about a year and a half now um uh he's great good learner absolute wizard uh with algorithms and making sense out of data this ivy infiltration project has you know obviously a lot of potential to help people right so what do you think is going to be like the most rewarding thing about this for summer from someone like yourself who's been able to work on things like this in the past it's a little selfish but incredibly rewarding as an executive and you know a founder of a company and that's i see that in samer too right so he will get a call in a few years from a mom whose a kid's limb was saved because his technology called caught an iv infiltration or somebody who was able to kick a soccer ball with their kids because of the joint health technology that he's developing right now and you know instilling in him to say like look you might not realize it now but you know in a few years you know when you get those phone calls or somebody's crying and telling you you were able to help them out that's incredibly rewarding it's better than a paycheck it's better than anything you'll do um and that's why we do what we do